2021 grads, you give him a hand this morning. You did it. We have some of the best youth who are graduating in Lloydminster, or grade 12s. Moving on from here to college, into the adulthood. Thank you for hanging out with us, grade 12s, making our life and our ministry here what it has been. A blessing to me and my wife, and grade 12s have helped us run the ministry uh, this year, and it's been amazing. And so, congratulations. For the rest of the people that are tuning in, some of you are online. Some of you are here personally to support your grads, grandkids, grandmas, grandpas, I see you. <laughs> We're glad that you're here. And today, as we honor our grads, as they cross one of the most significant lines they have to cross in their lives, we thank you that you celebrate them, that you support them. And we're, I'm going to get to my sermon here in a little bit, so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of overview of what's going to go, go down here. Um, I, have, uh, I have a scripture in Matthew 7, we're going to get to that right in the middle, and then honor our grads here. I'm going to call up uh, the grads that we have in this room, and we're going to give them some Bibles. Um, they're the important things that they need when they go to college. And uh, I just want to say that youth ministry, as we are preparing the youth to be the productive adults, the salt and light that Jesus has called them to be, Youth ministry is a collective ministry that we partner with the parents, volunteers, the people that make this work. This is a collective ministry that we thank you. This is one of the most significant finish lines they have to cross. And in Matthew 7, Jesus talks about how there are two foundations. It finishes off the Sermon on the Mount. And he gets to this last portion that I'm going to focus on, the two foundations. And basically, Jesus is saying there are two ways to do life, the wise way and the foolish way. Which one will you choose? Here it is. And as we have been going through the whole year, studying the Bible together with our grads, with our youths. All of these things we've talked through, doctrines and teachings and important things that they need to know. Now is the time for me to tell you, you are here moving on out to apply everything that you've learned. So my sermon is going to be on the foundations, the two foundations, focusing on the application, what you've learned. Let me just say that high school graduation is a big deal. Parents, give yourself some praise, a hand for today, for getting them through high school. We thank you for your support, and grads, we see you today for all that you do. Grads, you're moving into the adulthood, which is a whole different ballgame from the youth. Understand that. 
Um, I hope that you're excited. I hope that you're ready to make bigger decisions. Decisions that have a ripple effect into the future. You will be making bigger decisions. You will be increasing your responsibility. You will be paying your bills with your own money. Hard-earned money. You will be living with roommates and share space with strangers, but only in the beginning, of course. Hopefully that you can make friends. How weird and awesome would that be? For those of you who haven't lived outside of <laughs> your parents' homes. Graduations are as much about the parents as it is about the grads. Let me just say that. For some of you parents, this is a time of excitement, time of anxiety and worry, a time of sadness because you won't be able to see your kids, excitement because you would have your basement suite rentable now because your kids <laughs> who don't clean up after themselves are now out and you can make a little bit of bucks here and there. Worry because will they make it? Will they make the wise decisions? Sadness because you won't be able to see them as often as you can. And that's okay. I'm a mama's boy, and when I headed out, my mom was like balling. You know, I lived in different cities in Canada, and every time I come home and, you know, head out, my mom would be like balling every time because that's just what happens. It's okay to feel these emotions today and even the next few months as you adjust. The Bible talks about children being likened to arrows in the hands of a warrior. Psalm 127 verse 4. See, when, it's, when it is time to let the arrows fly, good, biblical, Jesus-following parents wonder whether their kids are ready for the real world. That's the worry part. And if you're right there, if you're worried about your kids, that's a good thing. Something to pray for. Some, something to go to God about. Will they be able to fly on their own? Will they be able to succeed in the challenges that they will face in the real world? It's a valid concern because if you've been an adult for some time, you and I know this, you'd know that life can be hard at times. It's not always sunshine and rainbows. So my big sermon question today, not only for the grads, but everybody listening here and online, what have you been building your life on? What have you been building your life on? As a parent of a graduate, you're here listening, what have you been building on and forming in the life of your child for the last 18 years, and some of you might be 15 years in, 10 years in. See, the making and breaking of a person's life is rooted in the foundation. Their foundation will determine whether they will make it or not. Do you have a solid foundation? I'm going to get to my sermon here. We're going to let Jesus define what a solid foundation is. The truth from his word. 
as I talk about a little bit about the ministry that we do here at New Life, at Youth, I want to talk about that a little bit because it is a huge part of the foundational forming that we are trying to accomplish in the lives of our future generations. I'm going to talk a little bit about the miracles and the mysteries and the miseries that is in youth ministry. A huge part of our collective ministry as a church body here at New Life are for the youth and children, making sure that every single week they are taught from the Word of God, that they have fun together doing God-honoring activities, that, they are make, that we are making sure that we are giving them our time, our attention, our guidance from the Word of God. How foundational it is that we have a consistent giving of our time, our attention, and our guidance to our future generation. And I get it. They can be challenging to deal with at times. Translation, they are all at different levels with different devils. They're challenging at times. Simple way to put it. Some are more demanding than others. Some are more commanding than others. And some are more emotional than others. Although all at youth level, they're all pretty much emotional. <laughs> the adults are laughing. You guys can be emotional too, by the way. <laughs> I'm part of that group. But all in all, <clears throat> as we look at the challenges that we face in raising our children, future generation, for what is at stake here, we know how crucial this is. And so no matter what it takes, we won't give up, we won't let up, we will accomplish what God has in his purposes, in his destinies for these youths, these grads, these children. Can I hear an amen to that? If you have contributed to our ministry in whatever capacity, my wife and I thank you. The leaders of this, this church, thank you. You know that you have invested in the kingdom of God and God sees your part in this. This has a multiplication factor, aspect to it. God sees your part in this and we thank you and bless you and continue to ask you that you would Continue to contribute, raising the next generation to follow the Lord. This is foundational. For the year that my wife and I have been running the youth ministry, I've realized, I've realized there's, there's more need for people to continue to pray for our youth consistently. So I'm making an announcement today that if we can have 10 to 15 people to specifically pray for our youth Every single week, I'll be sending you updates if anybody's interested. You know, talk to me after the service. Some of y'all who have been Christians for a long time, grandpa, grandma, you're like the equivalent of like two to three prayer warriors. You are good at praying. And we need to consistently pray because prayer is one of the pillars of the foundations that we're building into our youth. Remember that God has a plan for the sheep, the people, the youth, the, the children. He has a plan for them. God has a plan for them. The devil also has a plan for them. 
to seek, kill, and destroy. To kill, steal, and destroy. That's his plan for them. And so we need to have consistent prayer going for our youth. So I'll be sending two to three prayer requests if any of you are interested every second week and talk to me after the service. Now let's get to our word in Matthew 7. Jesus' words. Would you stand, everybody, for the honor of God's word? Let's read it together. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house. Yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on, doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house and it collapsed, collapsed with a great crash. You may be seated as we bless the reading of God's word. Father, may you reveal your voice today to the people who are listening. May our hearts be open, ears open to what you're about to say. May you enlighten us with your word. May you reveal to us what we need to hear. I believe your powerful word has something for people today. And we bless your name, Jesus' name, amen. In Matthew 7 here, we see Jesus almost at the end of his infamous Sermon on the Mount. He has just finished preaching through 18 or so different doctrinal topics, important teachings. And in Matthew 5, you know, Jesus talks about the essential teachings that every Christian need to know, the identity that we have in Christ, who Jesus is in light of Scripture. Talks about the Beatitudes, what it really means to be blessed. We can see that it's contrary to what society and the, the culture defines being blessed. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. It's Jesus coming to a point at which he is beginning to say, this is what has been said, but this is what is truth. He's beginning to be exclusive with his claims, with the truth that he's preaching. At the end of Matthew 7, Jesus paints a clear picture of what it looks like to live the Christian life. To not only be a believer, but a follower of Jesus. See, whenever Jesus starts talking about specific issues, some topics, they are doctrinal teachings, and we can see that he is beginning to make sure that both the disciples and also the crowds are beginning to see the picture and start to understand who he is and what it means to follow in his footsteps as the people of God. It's beginning to be exclusive. We can observe that Jesus is beginning to draw the line, is beginning to cut to the hearts of the people. Jesus at this point was beginning to be exclusive with his claims, and at this point Jesus draws the line, paints 
two pictures for us, our specific text today. Two paths, two ways, two builders, two different foundations to differentiate people. Those who want to merely hear what he has to say and those who really want to follow him in all his ways. Verse 24, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But on the flip side, on 26, it says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Verse 24 and 26, we have a wise builder and we have a foolish builder. A solid foundation and a sinking sand. You see, out of the thousands of people that were at this point following Jesus, only a, per, only a portion of them understood who, really, who he really was and what it takes to follow him, what he requires of them. There's a survey that I'd like to show you guys done in the South, and it was done by a pastor author in, in uh in an effort with other leaders, and they did this survey um, for a 1,000 evangelical college students who claimed to be Christians. 90% of them claim to be Christians, but many of them do not understand the basic truths of the Christian faith. Let's look at it here. 78% believe that all people are basically good. Now, theologically speaking, there's something wrong with that statement. 65% cannot identify a simple definition of new birth in a multiple choice question. 54% think that faith in Jesus is unnecessary for salvation. 54% affirm that Jesus forgives believers but deny that he transforms them. 42% believe that people go to heaven because of their personal morality rather than because of Jesus' sacrificial death. 32 do not know that Christianity affirms the deity of Jesus Christ. 25 do not know, 25% do not know that Christianity claims that Jesus literally rose from the dead. Do we see the problem with this? Church, do we see the need for praying and investing in our youth before they go to the real world and make the bigger decisions there's a need to be foundational. There needs to be strong teaching, strong, strong conversations about the things that Jesus means in his word and that being formed in their lives before they head out. Pastor Charles, he said this, the result of the tests are even more alarming than the stats above demonstrate. For example, out of the 65% uh, of the students who cannot identify a simple definition of new birth, most believe that new birth is a reference to reincarnation and transmigration. The data clearly demonstrate the views of many professing Christians today are more greatly influenced by our culture than by the Holy Scriptures. Do we see the problem here. 
do we see the need for the foundational forming in our youth? This is why I think the parents who are in the trenches trying hard to make sure they themselves are following and growing in their relationship and their walk with Jesus so that your kids and your youth have a clear picture of a wise builder, someone they can talk to, someone they can have conversations with, ask questions, even ask hard questions. It would require us to study the word of God for us to be able to navigate the hard questions that our kids and their youth have. A clear picture of a builder is this, someone who is digging deep in the trenches of life and ministry and finding the solid foundation, the bedrock on which we stand, who is our Lord Jesus Christ. There's always a temptation to build on sand. I understand that. I get that. Whatever the excuse, it's either easier, cheaper, faster, or more comfortable. It's this idea of quick flip, make some money, move around, change business names. Some of us know some people or have followed some legal cases online or on YouTube about you know, people who try to make extra bucks and just have no accountabilities. Just a couple of months ago, my wife and I have been looking for foreclosed properties because I figured, you know, if we can find a house that is cheap, but still have a solid foundation and not too much uh, damages, then, you know, we can go for it with our little ministry wallet and, and buy that property. But upon hours and hours of spending on realtor.ca, house tours, every single time we look at a property, a foreclosed one, our hopes of finding one with a solid uh, foundation, no huge damages or flooding, things up to code, all expectations came crashing, like crashing down. My wife and I were frustrated for some time. At some point, I was tempted to just go for the really cheap houses with the foundational issues because I thought, well, we'll just fix it. Renovate it, hope to God it never floods the basement again. Hopefully the climate in Lloyd changes or something. <laughs> Isn't that what people do, I wondered. Isn't that just what people do? But I praise God for the wisdom of our leaders here, of course. Pastors Francis and Pastor Michael and their wives. See, they, they were all like, you don't want to deal with a house that's got foundational issues. Wise advice. I'm wise people. My mom was a bit more aggressive. My mom was like, in a Filipino accent, she was like, son, you're going to be pulling hair and teeth if you buy that house. Do not buy that house. You see, when we're dealing with foundational issues, it's going to go down to whether the house was built by a wise builder who doesn't cut corners and makes sure that the ground is level and solid, or a foolish builder who cuts corners to save some time and money and doesn't think about the coming flood, the rain. And of course, not only the builders, but also the owners of those houses. Are they going to take care of it or not? 
we have similarities and differences between the wise builders and the foolish builders. Both the wise builder, both the wise and the foolish builders heard the words of Jesus, right? Both of them heard it, only the other responded. Both built a house with the same materials, both dug down into the ground to build the foundation of the house, and both completed the houses they were building. They were both standing in, in the naked eye. In first assumptions, you think that, all right, they did a good job, they both looked good, they were both standing, the paints are both on on the, same, on the properties. But when we start talking about the foundations, that's when the trouble starts. Here is where the difference is. Only the wise builder built the foundation on the rock, solid ground. Only the wise builder acts on what he hears, applying the text now. He acts on what he hears from Jesus. And only the wise builder, as a result, is saved from the storm and the flood. If your life is built on anything else, but a personal and growing relationship with Jesus, if your life is built on anything else, some type of political ideology, some type of hope, some type of dream, some type of career, some type of success that you have in your mind. If you are not rooted and founded on a personal and growing relationship with Jesus, you are in sinking sand. And I plead with you today, if you are there to abandon the house you've built for yourself and trust in the only foundation, the spiritual foundation, that is on Jesus. When we apply the Word of God, we get to this part. He is simply saying, apply what I've taught. Do what I say. Verse 24, at the beginning of the verse there, he says, Jesus says, therefore. Therefore, at the beginning of verse 24, was there for a reason. He was saying everything I've taught you, you'd be wise to do. This is what wise people do. If Jesus said it, just do it. It's simple. It's foundational. People like making it complicated at times. People like making other rules, other set of things. We're simply looking at the Word of God, and if Jesus said it, just do it. If Jesus called you to do something, do it. If it's hard, well, there's a reason for it because great things have hard foundations. And it requires us to go with God, to work with Him, to work the ground. I understand that when we start digging on solid ground, of course, it's going to be difficult. It's hard to dig solid ground because hence, solid ground, rock hard, 
this is where the hiccups and the disappointments and you know the um, falling short happens because it's hard ground but once you learn the process if I can plead with some people here if you're watching this online once you learn the process once you get to the rhythm once you know the person of Jesus the God who holds the heavens and the earth the one who died for you was willing to be put on the cross flogged and beaten so that he can pick you up and stand you on a solid ground that's the one who is inviting you today if you're hearing this for the first time once you know his word once you know his will for your life once you know that his plans for you are better than the plans you have for yourself or the dreams that you have tried to make happen once you know his presence that he is willing to go with you no matter how difficult it is how dark it is once you get this foundational stuff with Jesus once you go with him once you understand you will begin to see that it is worth it to build your life on solid ground and that's what we're trying to do here at youth ministry all of our ministry here at new life it's not complicated all you need to do is understand who Jesus is and be humble enough to acknowledge your need for him that you can't pay for your own sins that you can't make it work that your dreams may not be as God intended for you his plans are better than ours and so as I call up the grads on stage we're talking about foundational stuff um, Scott Bennon guys we have a slide for some of the youth are not here you can see their faces there these are some of the results of our ministry here we're going to give them some Bibles if if you haven't built your life on solid ground you can do that today I encourage you Romans 10 9 to 10 says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved one believes with a heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with a mouth resulting in salvation so if any of you watching online or if you're here personally and you haven't built your life on solid ground you haven't started your spiritual journey with Jesus you can do that today talk to one of the pastors talk to anybody here go to the welcome desk click the click the box there that says uh, I want to know more about Jesus you can do that today it's simple it's not complicated all of our grads here we're giving them some Bibles this is their this is their foundation this is what they're building their life on I've seen these guys Go with us, grow with us, and it's been a blessing to have you guys in our youth. And we hope that this would be 
a, a crossing line into your future that you would remember, that would be foundational to you. I've written notes in each one of those, so in the beginning of, of, the, of the, the Bible there, you can have those encouraging words. Read them, study them. These are study Bibles, so they're pretty expensive. They, are, they have articles in there, theological viewpoints that um, are essential for you know, the students to understand what God is saying in His Word. We pray for you guys. We want to bless you guys. And I've been thinking about this poem for some time. I've been wanting to share this with the youth, but I figured this would be the best day to do it. This has blessed my life. And I'm going to read it over you. It says, the title says, Only One Life. Only One Life. This is like a Christian version of like YOLO. You only live once. By City Stuff. It says here, Two little lines I heard one day, Traveling along life's busy way, Bringing conviction to my heart, and From my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, yes, only one. Soon will its fleeting hours be done. Then in that day, my Lord, to meet and stand before his judgment seat. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, the still small voice, gently pleads for a better choice, bidding me selfish aims to leave into God's holy will to cleave only one life will soon be passed only what's done for christ alas only one life a few brief years each with its burdens hopes and fears each with its days i must fulfill living for self or in his will only one life will soon be passed only what's done for christ will last only one life when this bright world would attempt would tempt me sore when Satan would a victory score when self would seek to have its way then help me Lord with joy to say only one life will soon be passed only what's done for Christ will last give me father a purpose deep in joy or sorrow thy word to keep faithful and true whatever the strife pleasing thee in my daily life only one life will soon be passed only what's done for Christ will last oh let my love with fervor burn from the world now let me turn living for thee and thee alone bringing thee pleasure on thy throne only one life will soon be passed only what's done for Christ will last last verse only one life Yes, only one. Let me say thy will be done. When the last I'll hear the call, I know I'll say twas worth it all. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Grads, remember the words of Jesus in the scriptures and the words that I've spoken to you guys about only what's done for Christ will last. Even the heavens and the earth will pass away. There will be new heaven and new earth, but his word will never pass away. And so that is your foundation in life. 
that is what will propel you forward to do the things that God called you to do. But be careful. The devil will try to distract you. He will try to destroy you. And there will be times when you will need to come to your knees, go to your foundation, go to the Word of God. This is your foundation. May you go from here on out as we bless you, as we put the favor of God over your lives to be the people that would make dents for the kingdom of God. You are like arrows that are going to be fired to just shake the devil's work in this world. Be the salt and light wherever God is going to bring you, whatever city he is going to send you. And if you would share, what, what, where are you guys going? What's your plans for, you know, the next few years? Benin, um, just bless plan, us with that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, my plan for next year is to move down to Edmonton, and then I'm just looking for work for a year because I don't know what I want to do yet. So just finding work down at Edmonton. Awesome. Um, I'm going to go to the Saskatchewan campus of Miller College of the Bible and then hopefully become a youth pastor. All right. Not 100% sure yet, but I might go to the same Bible college as him, or I might do missions work with YWAM, because I want to help either do architectural design or through worship in different parts of the world, so yeah. Awesome. Big plans, guys. Awesome. I'll be going to the U of S for uh, Edwards School of Business, so that's all I got. Woo. All right. We have a corporate guy. Awesome. <laughs> Would you extend your hand a blessing for these grads as they move on from here on out, graduating from high school, graduating from youth? Lord, we pray that we've done our part to faithfully preach and teach your word to these youths. Lord, may you bless them. May your favor be on their lives. May the places that they are going to live and work and study be blessed because they are there. May they be your salt and light in the world, your people that is founded on a solid foundation. God, may you protect them from the evil one. May you bring them from here and be a blessing to every person that they're going to meet. And Lord, when tough times happen, they know where to go. They know who to call. That is you and that is your people. And that is your word that you have formed in their lives. And so we bless these youths. May they be the people you call them to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand. Thank you, church. Thank you for listening. Thank you for blessing our youth. God bless you. Let's sing the song. Just want to let you know, uh, just congratulations, graduates. Thank you so much. Uh, we are excited, but also grieved because uh, many of them are leaving. <laughs> and they've been so important and such an essential part of our church. And uh, serving up here, serving downstairs, serving at the back. We are so blessed with our, with our youth and our graduates. So thank you. Thank you, Pastor Elijah and Abigail, for your ministry with our kids. It's been such a blessing to see. Uh, COVID didn't affect our youth ministry in a negative way. In fact, it made it stronger. And so uh, 
God is praised and glorified through that. And so this is just a little family conversation here. On Wednesday, July 7th, we begin our first outdoor service, Canada Day, where you're red and white. Many of you have signed up, and I encourage you, those of you that have it, to sign up. But here's how it works. If you invite a friend and your friend shows up, a neighbor, co-worker, relative, anyone, and you're on the list, I give you permission to tap someone on the shoulder and say, hey, my buddy showed up, my, my girlfriend showed up, my co-worker showed up, and that person you tap on the shoulder will take your place and you go be with your friend, your invited guest, okay? Understand that. You're on the list, but if you, if people are more important than, than the task that we perform. So if someone you invited shows up, you have the permission, and we all give each other the permission, church family, to say, tap me on the shoulder. If I'm not, on, if I'm not already doing something, you tap me on the shoulder, all right? So... So understand, if you're tapping on the shoulder, don't be offended. Be, like, be, be, be honored. God is using you to serve someone else and to help that person who's been invited to, to come, to enjoy a hot dog, <laughs> to watch their kids bounce on the bouncy house. So the little guys are playing in the sand to you know, sit and to listen to a great good news message that Pastor Frank and Pastor Elijah and then later on myself are going to bring. And just to, to, that we can share the good news. So but understand, so... If, if you're on, but your guest shows up, then you just tap someone, and that person will take your role, and you go and be with your friend, and you be the host of the hostess that night to your invited guest. So that is the priority, all right? So we are going to step up with each other and help each other out in this way this summer. So next Sunday, you're on your own. But you're not helpless. You have resources. Be the church wherever you are. Campground, backyard, kitchen table, do your church, fill your soul, and then come on Wednesday night ready to share the good news and to be just a presence here in our community as we, as we uh, shine the light this summer. So, Lord, guide us and bless us. Bless these youth that have graduated. And, Lord, as, as we celebrate uh, tonight and as we move into our summers, we pray that you would be glorified in each of our lives and our lives would be firmly rooted in Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. And everybody said,